everyone to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. And we're live here. All right. This is a, a fun one. Uh, we're actually going to try this. We're going to try video as well since we're at it just to see if we can, we can double up. Uh, thanks for folks that are listening and watching. Uh, my name is Eric Wright. I'm the leader here at the Disco Posse podcast. I'm at Disco Posse on Twitter uh, and at all other places. And I'm super pleased today to welcome uh, somebody who I've been lucky enough to sort of work with in the field. And if you've been to a tra- tech trade show, I can guarantee you that in one way or the other, you have bumped into uh, Anders Boulanger and his team. Uh, so, Anders, if you want to introduce yourself, talk about where we can find you online, and we're going to talk about the infotainers and, and mm-hmm. just what it's all about. Yeah, sure. So, uh, online, you can find us at theinfotainers.com. It's kind of a, a made-up word, but it is the idea that we combine information with entertainment, and it's really all about you know creating engagement on the trade show floor, and especially in the tech sector you know there's a lot of well obviously technical language a lot of uh, things that are not exactly concrete not exactly maybe easy to understand on the front end and um, can almost you know put you to sleep in some ways even if you're in the tech sector you know that kind of thing so what we do is we bring this sense of performance our background in entertainment and we're able to engage and infuse it with what the company does. So we have, uh, we customize presentations and then we make a high level presentation that is, you know, highly engaging so that people understand. We kind of whet the appetite, pique the curiosity of those uh, passersby, those attendees that, you know, we then bring into the booth. And then we qualify those uh, attendees. So we find out who's actually, uh, you know, on board for what it is that's being offered and seeing if they want to kind of take that first step in the customer journey, see a demo, talk to a salesperson, et cetera. So um, it's a little bit about instead of giving them the curse of knowledge and giving them too much information, it's just like, let's have an experience, let's have fun, let's win them over. And then if they are, uh, if it's right, if there's a potential fit, they will take that next step and, and it makes it easier and warmer for the company than talk to those people. So um, on a high level, that's kind of what we do. Yeah, well it's, and it's funny, the, <clears throat> the ability for you and the team to really work in the messaging and, and, and obviously there's, you know, I, I joke sometimes because I've seen people do this at shows and, you know, like we'll have like, like two guys on, a, on unicycles juggling, <clears throat> you know, bowling pins and yeah, yeah. saying, you know, I feel safe because we're backed by HPE's, you know, infrastructure. And right, I was like, right. wait a second, that's, that's a totally ham-handed way to jam that in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, yeah, and I know who you're talking about when you say that. But, um, and they, they do a great job of that, but it's maybe not as, I mean, it depends. Everyone can do it a little differently. We really do pride ourselves on having, you know, a congruent, articulate messaging component that has a real backbone, you know, and right. I, I think of it um, kind of going deep here, but the, you know, when you, when you talk about acting, you talk about subtext, you know, so like kind of the, the piece, not really what you're saying, but what you're meaning. Right. Um, you know, the thing is we, we talk about high passion, 
message-driven presentations. And when the, the passion for me is like, look, I'm trying to save you guys. You know, I'm trying, you're trying to grab them by the collar and say, yeah. listen to me, you know, I can save you money, you know, just listen. So that's kind of, you know, where that piece is and, and kind of how we want that uh, to align so that, that it does stay congruent. And the pieces are the, 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 I guess the litmus test or the feedback that we get is when people come up to us and say, you know, do you work for the company? Because yeah. they're, they're confused because what we said um, was not, you know, out of alignment with what they would think the company would say. So they, they think, well, this guy knows his stuff. Um, but at the same time, we exhibit a, a skill set that is not common amongst, you know, a, a tech company. So th that's always is a reminder for us that, hey, we're, we're doing a good job of the messaging. When You're doing the right thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I want to talk about how you got here. Like this is. Sure. You, what's the what's the story? How we yeah? Like how did how did this become a thing? <laughs> yeah, it's a, and it's a super I mean niche business. You know, when people hear about it, you're like, what? Like that's very specific. You know, doing and and it's predominantly tech trade shows. Um, you know, doing what we do, um, and and for the people for the viewers watching, you know, we we talk about the four C's: so create a crowd, convey a message, collect the leads, and convert to sale are kind of the pieces of of our process. But it goes way back to I got a. a Fisher-Price magic set when I was five years old for Christmas. And I started doing, you know, magic for magic sets, you know, and it was just a hobby, just kind of a fun thing. Every time I, another birthday or, or Christmas rolled around and I got another magic set because that was a big hit of a present. Yeah. Um, I would kind of add it to my collection and get back into it because of course, you know, your friends and my sister had seen all the tricks. So then, you know, learn the new ones and then you got, you know, more of a repertoire, if you will. Uh, when I was about 12 years old, I started doing birthday parties. Now, I come from a, a tiny town in Manitoba, uh, Wawanisa. There's an insurance company named after Wawanisa. Ah, nice. <laughs> but, uh, 500 people, um, you know, uh, in total. And, uh, and so my first uh, birthday gig, magic show, uh, at a birthday was my best friend's little brother. And then my second one was, you know, my best friend's little brother's friend who was also at the show. And then you learn some hard lessons about not repeating the same tricks for the same audience and <laughs> yes, you know, different right. things because kids won't, won't hold back. That's uh, the birthday parties. That's a rough, that's a rough circuit. Um, so I did, you know, did that. And I, I remember advertising it by putting up a, you know, a poster I made with pencil crayons up at the post office. Um, you know, that's how I, I got my, my, my gigs to begin with. And then, uh, then I started doing more and more shows, kind of just little ones out of town, fairs and different things. Paid my way through uni university. I have a, a four-year degree in, in physics uh, with a, a minor in math. Um, wow. <laughs> really used, but it was kind of a, you know, please the parents degree is kind of sometimes what I called it. Uh, but then my fourth year of, you know, university, I built up enough of a clientele. I'm doing corporate events, again, you know, fairs, festivals, that kind of thing. Um, a little bit of street performing, uh, which actually really does play well into trade shows. You know, that, that ability to stop people in the middle of their day, convince them to watch you, and then for them to give you money when you're done. You know, that's a good skill set to have uh, going into trade shows, which is really corporate street performing in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think it was probably about 19 when I was in university, I did my first trade show um, and then uh, really didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, it's, it's a different environment, highly, uh, you know, very distracting environment. So yep. it's, it's, it's tough. 
so then I got trained uh, by a man named Joel Bauer, who is kind of, uh, if you asked any trade show magician or magicians who know anything about trade shows, um, and even trade show presenter has been around a long time, he was the legend. <laughs> so he was the best who ever lived is what they say. So he trained me and uh, 29 other guys that we kind of uh, paid to be trained. Um, of those people, not many of them did anything with, you know, the kind of the skills that he kind of handed us or the, you know, the kind of the theory behind it. But I really embraced that, um, built my business up from doing trade shows in that kind of style. And when, when I say that kind of style, no, no table in front of us, just kind of being immersed with people wrapped around us in a certain way of, of, of messaging and, and bringing it all in. So we, we built that up. Um, and then I got enough business to be able to start hiring, um, other people. So what right. we call our certified infotainers. So first one who was, uh, was Shukuma Avery, who uh, was actually trained by this man named Joel Bauer as well. And then I started getting other guys, Rory, of course, you know, um, from, yeah, Toronto. we had him on the podcast. He used to, that's right. Sounds which is a real blast. So yeah, Rory's great. So, uh, so we have about, uh, about five guys that we use um, at the different shows and we send them to shows all over the world. Um, we do shows in Europe a little bit, mostly in the U S um, and then, so that's just kind of ballooned out so that we're at the point now that we're starting to recruit and train new guys just because that will be a limiting factor is, you know, do we have the, the supply to meet the demand? Yeah. Scalability so, of human capital. Yeah. This is the but, toughest thing because it's your, you're only able to produce 100% of results by hours. <laughs> that's right. Show. Yeah. You're limited by that, but that, but the beauty of it, I shouldn't say the beauty of it. The reason what, why we do or what we do works so well, Eric, is because it is human. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing, the shift that we're seeing. And, um, you know, I was doing a boost staff training because that's one of the things we do too, is we'll train a boost staff before a show so that they're on point and they're focused um, to work the show. And it's one of the, actually the most cost effective ways that companies can really move the needle is just getting their booth running. And if everyone's doing their job, um, it's amazing what can be done. And we were at supercomputing. And uh, so it was all talk about AI and, you know, every, you know, all kinds of, um, high performance computing and everything like that. Um, but what I was saying was, you know, the real AI that's missing here is authentic interactions. You know, we're so, we're so uh, consumed by the technology and fascinated by it and talking about it. We kind of, you know, and this is what they're saying with millennials now, uh, you know, the soft skills, which, yeah. you know, I just saw someone said, let's stop calling them soft skills. Let's call them essential skills, you know, yes. and human interaction. Is right, true. right. So, so that's kind of, you know, we're, you know, the infotainers as, as we're growing, we're kind of filling that, that gap in the market where, um, you know, you get, um, you know, and you're highly engaging, Eric, right? Like you do the presentations, you know, the technical stuff, but we see it more and more that the technical presenters can't present. They just know right. the information. And so that is, is again, that gap that's opening up that we're filling and we're, we're helping train those presenters through a, a presentation training we call presenting for profits, where we, we take the skill set that we've learned through performance uh, and entertainment and try to, you know, transplant that on people who know, who know the information, right? We're always yeah. the other way where we're having to learn what you want communicated and we'll do it in a, in an engaging way that's compelling. Right. So, um, so that's kind of, you know, where we're going with the company. So it's not just about the, the, the entertainment, you know, it's about that engagement piece and, and getting people not just to the booth, 
but then through the booth as, as they, you know, you win those moments of truth in the booth uh, as a company. And it's, it's not even just getting somebody in there and, and getting sort of warm butts and seats and, and whatever, like you can gather a crowd, but the, the next stage is where the, the, the thing happens for these companies. And I always tell them, like I talked to my own, you know, booth staff at, at an event said there's first is like, how do you quickly engage and continuously interact? Cause when you're showing somebody they're used to doing like one hour long on the phone demos where like yeah. they kind of have like stages they go through yeah. and I tell them like certain things don't, don't ever ask, is everything making sense so far? Like it's a yes, no question. No one's going to say no. So you just yeah. like, you may as well not ask. So say like, what's right. telling and what's, what, what kind of things, you know, ask them a question that they have to answer so you actually are engaging with. Yeah. What excites you most about what you've seen so far? Right. You know, so, something, yeah. It, it's, well, that's that. Um, and if you're selling to other tech people and there's something that, you know, I've learned from some of our trainings for with systems engineers or sales, SEs is, you know, SE-itis. Yeah. They will never say that they do not know something. Ah, right? yes. so, so if you if you ask that question, you know, does everything make sense so far? Of course, they'll say, you know, yes, because, you know, that's that's no one wants to look silly on the on that say, conversation they're called. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But and the and, other and, one is detaching too. like, I think the hardest part, like getting somebody in and getting them to take a look and like they'll sit there and they'll stare at the screen. They'll nod their way through a demo. And if you just keep showing them stuff, they won't go away unless they've got a yeah. reason to leave. They may look at their watch. There's other body language things to watch. Sure. But I yeah, another body language one too, Eric, is they'll point their feet away from you. Right. Where they want to go. So they'll be turned face to you. I don't know. You can't see me from here, but that's yeah. what you're doing, right? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, trade shows, everything you know, one of the things we talk about too, is you have to make hay while the sun shines. Like there's only, you know, whether it's seven, eight hours a day of selling time, if you will, during each trade show day, um, you, once you have someone qualified and you can go as far as you can go, you know, like just plan for next steps and set them up so that right. your SDRs or whoever is going to follow up with them can set up a deeper meeting and they can go, uh, go on a deeper dive, if you will. Um, but part of that too, is some people will hang out and waste your time. Uh, as long as you'll let them. So learning, like you said, how to detach. One of the things we talk about is that, you know, you give them a business card, give them a gift, thank them for their time. You know, you're able, if you give someone a gift and you thank them, um, it is a great way of saying we're done here. And, yeah, that's, we've uh, officially changed it. items and it's a, it's the laws of reciprocation, right? Like at yes. that point there, effectively, they've like, I'm not sure what to say. I, I will then, I've got what I need. You know, I've got more than I planned and I'm going to leave. Yeah. The other one I always tell them is like very simple questions that you can ask that help. And they have to all be related to leaving. I said, you just say to them like, how's the show been so far for you? So take it away from the demo. I said, yeah. when are you flying back? Yeah, and, right, and, right. The first thing they think is like, oh, yeah, I'm leaving Thursday. Like, oh, okay, hey, we'll yeah, definitely yeah, enjoy yeah. the rest of the show. And so you, you've asked them a personal thing that you actually care about what, mm -hmm. you know, where they came from. Oh, that's neat. You know, and, but because you've asked them a question that has the word leave or exit in it, there's a natural yeah. psychological response as they start to look yeah. around like, oh, speaking of leaving, I better get going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what other technology are you looking at, taking a look at, you know, also yeah. at this show? What are, who's yeah. got the coolest swag on the floor? Like, yeah. look around, like you look around and because you're looking around, they're looking, yeah. 
like it's that funny thing you can create ways to because they yeah. don't know how to leave that conversation either it's not their no. fault. <laughs> and you know and some of them cannot take social cues like that too yeah and so sometimes you just have to say all right thanks you know and we're done <laughs> That's and right. if, if they don't take social cues well they probably won't be too offended by you just ending as well you know yeah. what I mean? like just stopping so um yeah all kinds of people out there so you know. it's it's definitely wild so math physics dude yes. you've got a you've got a heck of a background you were doing you were paying your way through school so you knew that there was an opportunity uh you know you talked about pleasing the parents yeah, but right. did you did you do obviously you to do four years, first of all, it's more than, yeah. than, than you, you, planned, you, know you know, but you, you were in it for something, you know? Well, and it was, I, I've always was strong academically and I liked to, you know, to, I liked science. I liked math. I liked, you know, you know, figuring things out, right. Yeah. Which is a little bit, you know, my background in magic, you know, knowing how the things work, figuring out how it worked and being able to do it. Um, there, there's a little bit of a, yeah, similarity there. But I remember, you know, even third year calculus getting pretty crazy, you know, stuff going on there and going like, you know, not doing as well on certain tests, especially fourth year, where I was always an A student, you know, and things kind of going into the B minus almost C range on yeah. the odd test. Like, oh, you know, and I would tell myself, like, oh, I'm going to be a magician anyways. Like, it was kind of like, <laughs> you know, the, that the that the that was going to be the plan B and not the plan A, you know. So yeah, that's. Uh, but but I guess what what has set set me up to be, is you know I've got the, the arts if you will or whether performance background to have that side of things, and then I do have the kind of the the math and the analytics, and so it's you know that kind of right brain left brain coming together kind of piece. Um, and then as I've grown my business, you know, learning you know more about business acumen and really understanding that sales and marketing and what have you. And so um, that's really been, you know, kind of the, the street smarts or the, the school of hard knocks, if you, you know, and then just going and doing it and the experience of it happening, you know, uh, has been, has been great. But yeah, going back, I probably would have taken a business degree if I would have known then what I know now, you know. Yeah, that's always the funny thing. I, I look at like, what, what would we have done differently or, you know, and, and there's that that piece where you like, there's probably things I could have accelerated my path to today. It's not that you dislike where you've gotten, it's that you probably would have done things that maybe would have got you here a little quicker. Yeah, the and then one, you might be somewhere else if you would have right. done that, right? That's like, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the butterfly effect weirdness. of. That's why I never look back. I always say like, I don't have regrets. I have like things that have created negative experience and I look for the positive in those things because mm -hmm. I think if I had changed that thing, obviously there's a ton of stuff that you do in your life where you're like, whoo, wish I'd avoided that one. But yeah. I yeah. mean, all of those things collectively well, bring us to where, where we are today. Yeah. And that's where growth comes from, right? It's yeah. that, uh, you know, learning from your mistakes and, and that kind of, yeah. If you, if you're right all the time, you're not learning anything. And there's adversity stuff that really pulls in. And it's funny, like when you're, I laugh, you talked about like, you know, 
doing a show for 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 kids and like you, yeah. you can't do the same show twice because those kids will call you out and it's yeah. Rory actually brought that up which he talked about at one point he was he was out like he's just like that's it I've tapped out yeah. I don't want to do magic I literally I told him I said is it, was it this vision of you like mushing your stuff into a, a silver garbage can you know and like you know, <laughs> just throwing the last top hat on top like that's it yeah. I'm out and yeah. he said then he got back into it and he because a friend said, hey, I've, I've got a kid's party, you know, maybe can you help? And so he thought, oh, this is a lock, not realizing that, in fact, it's probably one of the toughest audiences because yes. of yeah. they won't, the stuff that you can wow them with and bring them through. Like adults, they're pretty malleable, you know. Well, and there's also different. social graces and things that go along with they're just not going to blurt out what they're thinking. Yeah. You know, which, Brexit for everyone else. And we're, and the other thing too is magic often um, is quite simple and uh, adults tend to see, look for more complicated explanations. Right. Uh, so there is, there is an old saying that's, you know, it's easier to smell, uh, easier to fool smarter people, right? <laughs> more intelligent people. So, um, so that's a piece, but you know, every, every audience is so different. Um, you know, and you, even when you go from, you know, uh, kind of like a, like there's a, there's a term magicians use it more, but you're hearing it more and more because of Shin Lim and everything, but close up magic. If you were to go perform at a party or something like that, um, just going table to cape table or group to group, you know, and performing right in front of a small group, that would be close up magic. So that has its own built in challenges where you have to interrupt people who didn't know you were going to be there. Right? right. So you have to kind of win, you know, win them over quickly because it's some snooty, you know, high-end parties they just look down on their nose and say no thank you and you can and then you like how do you get started right and it was always fun for me when you would have a good group and they're having a good time and there's the people who turned you down at the start yeah and they're trying to watch and then you <laughs> so that they couldn't watch you know like that was kind of my little get back of them um and then you have you know seated corporate audiences where uh, oftentimes yeah they, they know there's going to be entertainment but they don't know who the entertainment is so there's that again that winning over piece to that uh, that but at least they're seated and they're yeah. they're there and they're a captive audience and then you go over to trade shows where they're walking by there's no one to you know the, we work without uh chairs without you know anywhere to sit um so there's no you don't have any audience there's no place to sit that sort of thing so how do you stop people and engage them from that in that situation so that's even Another level. So it's, it's like, you know, you learn little pieces from here and there and bring it all together to be able to, um, you know, have those little, little tricks that kind of the things that you've talking about too, that, you know, that are little, uh, tools in your toolkit to make it. Yeah. Work. They are. And I, I used to always test things out cause I've always been a nerd about like behavioral psychology and, and mm -hmm. just watching human interaction. Sure. And my friend and I, we used to stand at the bottom of a building, especially one that's like reasonably high. And yes. we would stand on the corner in downtown Toronto and like, just like stare up and both of us would stare. And then you'd yeah. see people beside you would start to look up. Yeah. And then once you get like four or five people, you go, now there's no, no way he's going to jump. Like, I, I don't think he's going to do it. And then there's like 15 people. And then we would, we actually did this once we walked away, came back like 10 minutes later and there's all these people. And I said, what's going on? They go, there's some guy out there. It looks like he might jump. And I'm like, you, are you serious? Yeah. 
there's nothing up there, but yeah. there was a way that you could create this experience for somebody who wasn't meant to like, they just, they weren't there for it. There's, you literally well, there's nothing to see. Them. Yeah. There's a couple <laughs> cool things about that, Eric. One being the social proof, uh, you know, the, the persuasion uh, principle of, of, of social proof of you setting that up so that other people will do it. Um, and, and we see that in trade shows and in the UK, they talk about queuing, you know, the, the phenomenon yeah. that people will line up and they don't even know what they're lined up for. And that happens <laughs> in trade right. shows too, that we'll build a crowd and then we'll bring them over to the place where they're getting their badges scanned, they're receiving their gifts. And there's people hopping in that line, not even knowing what they're going to get, but they see the line and they know there's probably something of value. Uh, the other piece that makes me think of that when you were talking about pointing to the top of the building was that, you know, magicians will often know that there's a kind of almost a game of telephone that happens in terms of either retelling a trick that people once saw and they start creating things right. or they start seeing things that aren't there because our imagination will fill the gaps. And so that person who said, oh, there's a guy up there going to jump, he's never seen anything, but he's trying to make sense of the situation and what he heard you say. Yeah. You know, so then it becomes you're creating a, a different reality from that. So that, that's, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It's funny to watch just those behaviors. And especially when you go to a, a trade show, <clears throat> like it's the audience isn't there to do it. Like that's the, you're, you are pulling people into a, an experience that they weren't there for. And that's why I always liken it to that idea of like street, you know, performance yes. or whatever. Yeah. There, these are people that are like, they're on their way to go shopping and to suddenly get them to stop. And yeah, well, and it, it really has to, like one of the things we talk about, um, if, if anyone goes to our website, theinfotainers.com, there's a, you can download a, a free ebook and it's called Trade Show Traffic Secrets. And one of the things we talk about is, uh, you know, the pattern interrupt, meaning, and that's a term from NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, yep. that you, people are kind of going through their normal day and if something out of the blue happens or something different happens, it captures their attention, right? So this is, um, and, and, and for anyone who has never seen, it is what that I do at, in a trade show, uh, but you'd be walking down and you'd see me with a big fan of $2,000 and then I'd throw it on the ground and then kneel down on the ground and people would start standing around because they were wondering <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen with the cash. So it's like, you don't see that, that often, $2,000 is lying around and then you find out you have the ability to, possibly win that $2,000, right? So um, that's then kicking in the dopamine and the neuroscience of, you know, of attention and capturing attention yeah. uh, is that, you know, what's in it for me, right? Which is the, the, the reward neurotransmitter. So that's, that's firing that's big time, right? So, um, so that's, you know, really the brain science of why that happens all of a sudden. And then as we get into it, um, you know, I'm, I'm making it a personal experience for each of them using their, all their names. And that's something Rory's great at too as well. Um, but we start, you know, creating that, that experience uh, in a way that they know that there's something in it for them, not only to the chance of winning the cash, but that they're enjoying each moment as it's happening. Yeah. And as they are laughing as they are experiencing emotion, which is something that is, um, you know, almost, you know, you don't see in business much, right? You know, it's like there's, and that's why storytelling is so big these days and the trend of, of marketing and business is that there needs to be more emotion and more of this, of this right brain piece brought back into to business. That's right. 
So yeah, so all those people start having a good time. Other people see other people watching something. You get the social proof of that happening and them also wanting not to miss out because the FOMO, the fear of missing out is, is a real thing. So really when we start a presentation, I, you know, one of the things I'll say, and if not, I, if I don't say it, I'm definitely thinking it, is it's like, this is the place to be. Yeah, you know, this is what's going to happen. And so that everyone wants to be on board with what is going to happen. They don't want to miss that because it, it's so such a rare occurrence, you know, or what have you. You build scarcity into it. All kinds of persuasion principles are built into our presentations. Um, and they're, you know, by design, not by default. Yeah, you, that's the funny thing is people don't realize this is baked into them. Like if you're a fan of of Robert Cialdini stuff, mm-hmm. is the you know, sure. psychology of influence, whatever. And, and he talks about that. He he calls it the the click whir. Like it's the thing that you can't yeah. control. And it's but it's true. And it's not if used in the right way. And I love that you use it in the right way. I think of like oh, so if you're playing Monte Carlo on the streets, you know, like oh, sorry, three, three card, card on, the, on the street, yeah. Yeah. they're trying to separate you from your money. But mm-hmm. if you're doing this at a trade show floor, we're trying to separate you from your distraction. You're looking around yeah. full of overload and you want to, I want to pull them into that moment. And the same mm-hmm. thing when I'm doing booth presentations, it's really like I pace back and forth. I stare into their eyes. I lean into yeah. them. I get them to like literally lean forward with you because you want them like there's all this noise going on around you. Yeah. How do I... Yeah take that all away and make this so I'm separating them from their distraction. And it's, I tell them, it's going to be like four, three, four, five minutes of your time, max, right? I know it's not, I know it's nine minutes. In fact, it's going to be 11 if I have something, if it goes well. Yeah. But it's the whole thing of like, just, I just need one more minute. We're going to, you're going to be on your way in one more minute. Everybody having a good time. Like, and again, like they're, they're invested in their own success of that experience yeah. and yeah. your way well, of interaction you, is good. If you're doing a good job with that experience, you can, you know, skew their sense of time. Right. Right. You know, when I perform something, you know, I've been known to do like 30 minute sets, you know, but from the <laughs> moment I open my mouth to the time I'm done, but people are so like riding the roller coaster of it that they're just like, Oh, that was awesome. You know, so that it doesn't matter how long it was just because of, of, you know, how it was, but you were talking about, you know, pacing and moving back and forth on the stage. And, you know, again, this is some of the stuff I've been really into, uh, especially as of late is that, you know, the most, uh, attention capturing thing is a, is, is a, an object moving in 3d space. Right. And this is built into our primal brain because if, you know, a, a lion is charging at you, that requires your attention, right? Like things <laughs> yeah. that are moving at you, um, are, are important. I have to deal um, with this thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, and then what they've discovered too, is the most, you know, engaging object that you can, that a, that a human will look at is a human face. So when you have a 3D object moving in face, it's in space and it has a face, you know, yeah. that is the most, uh, you know, enthralling thing a, a human can, can witness. So, um, so that's what's great about again, live trade show presentations is that it's taking advantage of that brain science uh, behind that to, to convey that information in a, persuade, uh, you know, in a compelling manner. I think the, so the funny thing, this is the story that I, I, I think I told Rory as well. I don't know if I actually discussed on the podcast and the, uh, I apologize in advance for how bad this may sound, but literally when I started with my company, it was about five years ago and I 
and they said we're going to VMworld, which is like our this is like the mecca yeah. for for virtualization people. And and I'd been a longtime attendee. I knew the community, so I was heavily involved. And I said, so who does our booth presentations? And they're like. They just looked at me strange, like, oh, at the, that part of the company's growth, they hadn't done them at all. They'd just mm-hmm. gone to get a booth, and, and then people come by, and we, we show them a demo. I'm like, oh, no, kids, we're going to do this right. And then they, as I was explaining what I wanted to do, you know, like eight to ten minutes at, at a yeah. max, whatever, because the first thing that I got asked was, so is it like a 45-minute like, like webinar-style thing? I'm like, Oh no, 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 yeah. no. Like this is, this is a trade show floor. It's very different. Yeah. And then, so this is the, the part that sounds negative. I said, I'll be damned if I'm going to have some magician trying to tell the story of my company. I, if I can't tell the story and the people in my booth can't tell the story, yeah. Yeah. then it doesn't matter how good any magician, any juggler, any whatever performer is, if I can't complete I said, so for me, it was this validation for our company that somebody could tell it in a way that would keep people sitting. And Mm -hmm. we were getting 30, 40, 50 people at a time piling into the booth because I'd be like, you know, who wants to own a Raspberry Pi? Five minutes of your time. This is crazy easy. It's going to be super fun. You're going to have a blast. You may even learn something. Like just... It, all these like goofy carny tricks to try and get people to come on in. And then, like you said, once the crowd builds, then everybody yeah. starts to pile in. The crowd people are like standing up on their toes to look over top of the crowd. And I give them the thing of like, here's a cool problem. And like, this is crazy. Like, you know, this experience and really like rapid fire type of stuff to keep them super engaged. And then literally 90 seconds at the end of like, so here's the problem that we solve. Bang, 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 bang. Go into like, you want to find out more? Visit one of these fine folks at our booth. And it's like, you have so much fun because you only have to hammer it out for five to 10 minutes. So you're going yeah. like fast to keep them. They can't, they yeah. can't look away. Like they just yeah. they don't have a choice. And then it was funny. Here we are years later. And then they said like, how come the people at Zerto have these giant crowds. And I said, that's Anders. <laughs> and they're like, who's that? I'm like, just trust me, yeah. you know, go, yeah. go, I've seen them and, you know, in many booths and many, and you've, you've done it for lots of different companies. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. We've been, uh, Veeam software is, uh, one of the one that I personally worked at for, um, at VMworld for the last eight years going into my, our ninth year, um, in August. Um, yeah, Zerto is one of our clients. Um, uh, Datrium, we work with too with uh, VMworld. I'm trying to think of uh, Phycotic we worked with last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, we have, it's so neat for me, though, as an outsider, you know, not in tech, to have over the last, you know, so many years, be able to kind of better understand. And again, not to the level you do or any of the, you know, people, but just, you know, the more we learn, the easier it is to pick up on these different technologies so because we have you know uh we have clients in the security space right so we're learning all about malware and you know uh web application layer attacks and all the you know all that kind of stuff you know and firewalls and then we have um backup you know and backup replication then we have storage clients so it's like you know just learning little bits here and there is is uh, is exciting because we kind of see how the trends and how everything evolves and just staying with it you know it's fun so I got to ask a, a, the question, like what's, where, where does it go wrong? 
and like what do you find is the the part that makes it tough uh i've i've got my own ideas and experience but i'd love to hear from sure. you like where 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 it can go go sideways <laughs> uh specifically with the presentation or sideways at a trade show is that what you mean yeah i think it's in general where you've gone and you thought like that didn't go go well you know and and what how do i recover from that or something well, uh, you know, I do, one of the things I mentioned earlier that is, is that I do risk my money at the end of, you know, someone can win money, right? Um, most of the time, uh, they don't, you know, because we play a game I'm very good at, but the odd time, they do. And so that's well, someone I'm, does actually walk away with the cash. Right. So, so that happens that, you know, oh, that person just won $2,000. You know, I take a picture, we'll put it on Twitter you know, put it out there and then you get people, more people coming to the next show. Right. So, um, so we're kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit, I guess, self-insured in the sense that, you know, that it doesn't happen that often, but it happens often enough that, um, yeah, it probably pays, pays to come. If you're listening, always come watch one of my shows. Exactly. It's legit. Uh, yeah. You do have skin in the game. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the other, the other piece, I guess, where things maybe not go wrong, but just don't go as well as you, you would have liked is, you know, after lunch, there's this usually low energy piece. And, you know, I'm all about, you know, I'm going to inject all this energy into this presentation so that you can then enjoy it, you know, and, and, and give it back a little bit at least, right? Like this kind of, we're going to make this happen. And sometimes you feel like you're giving everything and they're just like energy vampires and they're just sucking it yeah. away. And there's just like, I know how the presentation can go and the the joy and the, you know, the fun that be, can be created and the synergy that can happen. They don't know, but I know, and I'm trying to take them there and be the leader. And sometimes they're just not, not willing to go. And it, it doesn't happen that often. And it's usually, I'll think about it. I'll be like, oh, it's that after lunch. Yeah. Okay. And then I just go do another one and it's back to normal. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you get, get past that, but that's always one of those ones where sometimes you go, what's the matter with me? Right? Like <laughs> you, you've been doing it for years and you kind of question, you know, do I, am I losing it? Like what's going on? Uh, but it usually you just do another show and you go, ah, oh, there it is. And it's so, you know, in, in, in performance, sometimes they say, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's you, sometimes it's them, meaning the audience and sometimes it's both. Right. right. Like I, I never want to blame the audience, you know, because I feel like I'm just not being who I needed to be in that moment. Right. And so sometimes that's a good reminder too to just kind of open yourself up to possibilities, you know, in, in kind of a, like improv, like that kind of idea, just uh, bringing your awareness and widening that out because you sometimes are so, you know, um, laser focused on what you wanted to do. You didn't, you didn't allow other things to happen. You didn't leave room for the, you know, magic, if you will, and different type of magic I'm talking about. But I'll yeah, that. but. And, and it's a skill that I would love. I love as I try to train presenters and people that are coming up that like, if you just go up and you do it by rote, it's like you have to, at some point, at, at, like you have to have certain things where you're like, I've yeah. got to go through this script. I've got to make sure that I do this right to like, kind of like work it and then become natural. It's not always easy to be natural out of the gate, but then at some point, then yeah. they start to get the interactivity and this like, cause yeah. presenting to, especially to a large room, I, 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 call it uh listening to 500 people at a time and yeah. being able to go there with the idea that i've got a i've got a general script of what i need to hit uh and yes. knowing that 
I got to, I've got to move. Like if somebody, if you see people starting to look down, if you see people's attention, yeah. you know, engage them. Right. And then ask a question. And if you don't get the answer you want, well, guess what, kid, you're, you got to change your presentation. Otherwise the, the next 40 minutes are going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you touched on something there, Eric, about, uh, you know, knowing, having a loose script, you know, knowing what you need to cover. And I mean, that was a big thing for me. Like you'll see some trade show presenters will be on ear, meaning they'll have an earpiece yeah. and they are hearing themselves say something slowly and they're just repeating what they hear. So that's one way that they do that. You know, that some people memorize. Um, I kind of memorize, but then also know it at a level below where I need to low it, know it. So here's where I'm communicating it and I'm going to know why to support that. Um, so that way I have a, just a little bit more depth and experience with what it is that I'm talking about. And then I know that if I get off script, which some people get so hemmed in by the actual words that they want to use, that it messes them up because it, they're not where they need to be to get into the next words because of how they've memorized it. And I'm much more of a, you know, uh, stream of consciousness kind of presentation that, it, that maybe I'm on script 80% of the time, but there's some times I'm not getting into things the way I normally were written, but that's okay. But it was, and it goes back to, I used to want to be like super tight and be able to deliver the exact same show every time. And then because I wanted that to look great on video too, right? To capture the perfect. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But then I realized that when you do that, that's the show you wanted. Or that's the presentation you wanted. And it was not the one that they needed though. Right. And so when you are involving people and in, in maybe calling back to an earlier moment to someone who had a unique experience earlier and bringing that back in and, and all of that just keeps them gelled, keeps them together. And the other thing you were talking about was, um, you know, one of the things I actually say at the front end of my presentations is we're going to co-create an event here. Nice. It's not me doing it for you. It's us doing it for each other. You guys on board, you know, and it's this idea that we're gaining agreement with that. And we know that this is about us, you know, and so it's not um, just me trying to force this on them that we're going to make it together. And I think that's kind of a, um, it's just a different way of looking at presentations, but it, it, it's a nice way. It's a, it's a, a way that people are all on board. I find. I'd encourage anybody to like, to use that method, really just think of going and looking at the way people present. It's there's, I look at great presenters in the, in the tech space, especially, or, and you look at like how to deliver a Ted talk. There's all these very, very, they're formulaic. That's the funny thing. It's like all the stuff that you and I, and many of our, of our folks in our community do is it's, formulaic but you work within so you're giving guardrails once you know the guardrails yeah. and you know the triggers and you know the way that you can go from one flow to another like that's how you glue together bits you know yes. like that's yeah. why a 30 minute presentation you can do it in 15 you can do it in 30 you can change it depending on the reactions and yeah. especially because you're you're literally going to get called out on like, Hey, well, you know, how do you deal with X and being able to turn back and say, that's a great question. We're actually going to show you in a few minutes at one of these fine demo stations. Like you have to be able to defer that thing. Yeah. But then the funny thing is as like tech presenters, I've got to defend, I've got to defend it right to the end. 
<laughs> and so I, I try and teach good presenters of like, be able to say something engaging. But then when someone asks you that deep, dark question, like, okay, let's do, let's go down this road. And like, it may take you off your game a bit, but then how do you like get back to, all right, well, here's the bigger story. Here's the mm-hmm. thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's a talent, but you know, you you do it. So you and your team, you know, like I said, this, the talent of being able to pull, it's verbal jujitsu of like, yeah. And it's an experience. I mean, I mean, it is experience in the sense that you do it enough. You just start picking this stuff up and, you know, and it's, and it's tough on the front end. I remember when I first started out knowing if I got off script, how there could be this pause of me not knowing what to say and hearing (laughs) that so badly because that is the moment where people go, Nope, I'm out of here, you know, like, and they just, and that's, so the neediness that, that, that can create is scary too. And, and one of the things that I use to reset myself is that if I have just one person who will stop and watch, I will give them all of my attention and I'll say, I will do this presentation just for you. Right. You know? And, and I say that aloud to really connect myself to them, but also not to be like, Hey, Hey, do you want to come see the, do you, you know, you, why don't you stop? And as soon as you start doing that, you're repelling people. Right. But it, when you settle in and say, this is going to be special for you. And then sometimes it'll be, well, there might be some other people joining us too. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to do it just for you. And that seems to just that uh, confidence that is needed and is required, you know, to present and for people to, you know, people feel like good when they know that there's a true leader that will take them by the hand and take them where they need to go. And so, uh, you know, the, the leadership or it's just like, it's like, uh, we just got a new puppy. We got a little golden doodle. Right. And it's like the kids, when they say the commands, they'd say it always. It sounds like questions, you know, cause they're <laughs> yeah. going up and everything. And so they're like, you know, they'll be like, Griffin, sit, sit, you know, and they're going, you know, and instead of Griffin sit and then boom, the dog sits yeah. down. Right. And that's the kind of, um, that, that was one thing too. I did a thing with Siemens where they were, uh, I was a presenter coach for them and they had an MC who would kind of throw it off to different people who would kind of do specialized little five minute segments. And it was in a kind of a mocked up control center um, for distribution. So this is like electrical, you know, the grid, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so one of the things that the uh, uh, presenter kept saying was this like, okay, we're going to be having a presentation uh, in a few minutes. And I was like, man, oh, no. <laughs> you're not asking questions, man. You're, you're stating facts. Like this is, we're going to be having a presentation. We're going to be starting in just a couple minutes, have a seat. And it's like, boom, like land, make it land, like deliver it. Um, and then the other piece out of that, that engagement was interesting was, and, and here's another tip of, you know, there are people out there who are SEs or presenters or anything that, you know, using the lowest com- common denominator terms, uh, even that term is horrible, but using real, <laughs> real language for people is what's important to connect with them, even if they understood and, and are in that space and they understand those terms. It is a disconnect because there's so many, and this is a big word too, nominalizations, which are things that you can't put in a basket, right? Like That's you right. just can't, they're not concrete. So um, one of the things that this guy said was um, he was talking about uh, well, areas of uh, areas on the map of high solar radiation, and I'm like, what? You, are you talking about the Sunshine State? <laughs> yeah. like, exactly. He's like, 
Yeah. I'm like, okay, just say Arizona, California, whatever. Like just, you know, like areas of high solar radiation. So that's a tip for, you know, any of your uh, viewers slash listeners to just take a look at the words that sometimes marketing makes you want to say them, you know, yeah. like sometimes you're getting stuff and it's not actually how people talk. And that's right. Put it in your own words. So, so uh, with the infotainers and how we work with companies, like we've worked with, with Turbonomic, to say, okay, what is it you want us to talk about? Okay, can, and then when we have our messaging, you know, update, we'll be like, can we say this? Yeah, yeah, no, that's the way I say it. Okay, good. So then, you know, just getting those analogies and get, making things so that people understand what it is. Because one of the things too, going back to, to brain science, that if, it's, if it costs too much energy to understand how something is done, people will just stop and they won't bother looking. So when you have something that is a very easy analogy for people to understand and to relate back to the technology, and that's what we do with our, with our you know, I call them transformation mechanisms, but our demonstrations, the magic yep. effects that you might see us, are their visual metaphors for what the, the technology does. And so that is just a way of learning, a way of make, connecting the dots, burning as, as few calories as possible. And that's good. Um, you know, good persuasion. That's good communication. Yeah. And there's definitely a, uh, you know, the reason why analogies work, it's like the same idea. If you're a fan of, of Kahneman and Tversky and like thinking fast and slow and like yes. the behavioral economics, that there's certain things. One is relativity. Like, and that's why if you say like, you know, so if you've got $17 billion and like, if you start on that thing, but you say like, so you get 20 bucks in your pocket, Everybody knows what 20 bucks in your pocket feels like. Now imagine you doubled mm -hmm. that, right? You're like, yeah. okay, that's 40 bucks, right? Yeah. You've got a $17 billion, you know, funds that's, you know, like you, you've evacuated half the audience because they don't have yeah. any relative understanding of the numbers. The numbers are so large that they yeah. just, no yeah. ratio is going to matter at that point. Yeah. So it's, that's right. Analogies are important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like when you can use, instead of a distance using a football field, right. You know, those kind of things, people start going, Oh, okay, good. You know, cause, uh, and especially if there's a metric uh, imperial uh, disconnect, which you kind of, <laughs> you, you dance between those worlds uh, beautifully, Eric. So, yeah, I've, I've had the, the fun. Every once in a while, someone catches me, they're like, wait, are you Canadian? <laughs> like I'll, I'll slip in and say, well, the fact that I say project and process usually blows me up, but I've, yeah. I've officially hit the, the, the point in my life where I've been speaking at U.S. events so much. Mm -hmm. When I get back to Toronto, they'll say like, oh, where are you from? Ah, <laughs> like, I'm from here. Over, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You, sound like a, you sound a little American. But I sound like the news people. That was the, the thing I've, I've trained. And, you know, when you listen to people in the news in New York, they're like, good evening and welcome to KL5 News. You listen to the news in Texas and it's good evening and welcome to yeah. KL5 News. No one in that region speaks that way, but they're yeah. this like generic comfort yeah. speech that everybody can kind of hone in on. And it's a cadence too. It's very yeah. much like for sure speed up, when to slow down, when to like, and you watch their like their heads nod with you. There's, there's all these neat things of the way you can pull people through this, this cadence of speech. And, mm -hmm. and like you said, words and small, small things, but it is critical for SEs and for people doing demos. I'm like, make it matter to the person that's in, in front of you. Like, this yeah. is not your show. You're in yeah. the, you're part of the show. It's their yeah. show. Yeah. That's the difference. Yes. Yeah.
That's right. There's a, there's a great book uh, I've, I've read just recently. It was called Persuasion Code, The Persuasion Code. And one of the things that they discovered just to capture attention on the front end is making things visible, which we talked about uh, yep. you know, already, and then also make it personal. And again, this goes back to the primal brain of there's a lion and it's coming at me and it's coming at me. You know, It's like, yeah. it's personal. I need to know whether this is going to benefit me or harm me. Right. And so that kind of what's in it for me piece uh, is so critical uh, that combined with, you know, the visual piece to, to gain, uh, gain attention. Yeah. And just like with everything, <clears throat> all the stuff that we've talked about here and that when you, if you, if people go back to listen to my chat with Rory and they list, they read these books that there's a power of influence that's a positive influence. That's really what it is. Like, you know, they, they call like salespeople are called influence specialists. I think that's what Chelsea yeah. calls them, whatever. Like, it, and that's really what it is. It's you're influencing somebody to take an action or to perform something, which happens to be buying a car or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. and it's the same power that like can be seen as negative. So when we talk about influence. It's like, let's, well, it's, you, it's a tool. Wanna, yeah, that's right. You know, like it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's like money, you know, money can be used for good and money can be used for bad. Right. right. But it's just a thing. So, um, you know, knowing, and, and I think there has to be, always has to be integrity, you know, using these techniques or these that different magic word, principles. Yes. Integrity. Yeah. Is the key. Because, and, and for, you know, all that I ever do, or, you know, our team is just trying to get people to take a closer look. Right. Yeah. That's all we're asking. So we're not we're not trying to manipulate them into doing anything illegal or you know wrong for them. And from what we understand about the company and the competitive landscape, this is a good solution to take a closer look at, right? And that's kind of you know where we come from. So um, yeah, it's always uh, you know these these powers should be used for for good. Yeah. What well, and <clears throat> just to talk quickly before we finish up on the. Mm-hmm. The flow beyond the presentation, you know, being able to get people to pay attention, to be a part of it, to create this experience. The most important, I've, I, I've watched your team work and that I, I feel bad sometimes because especially if it's a new customer, new client that you're working with and I, I'll look, I'm like, they may not know <clears throat> how to best leverage your, what you've handed them, literally 40, 50, 60 engaged people right. who are ready to do something. Right. And they're just like standing there watching the show go on. And it's, yeah. no, 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 now it's your turn. Like, yeah. scan well, them, bring them in, bring them to the demo station, right. have a next step for them. Don't just, yeah. you know, wow them and then yeah. send them out. Yeah. Well, and we, we sometimes, we talk about this, that, you know, the, we warn them, you know, but sometimes if they haven't seen us enough, they're too enraptured in the presentation themselves and they're not, then they're caught off guard. Um, but it's the idea that, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, but we got to make sure the trough is at least full. Right? Yes, so that's, right. that's where, you know, the people need to be on their demo stations. They need to be uh, also have the ability to work a group, right? Instead of just a one-on-one, which is very low risk. It's very easy. It's just a conversation. Right. But the idea that if they were to kind of leverage that a little bit and have maybe four or five people at each demo station or whatever, maybe even more, you know, sometimes those SEs need to kind of grow themselves a little bit to be able to kind of be able to handle that and play them, play bigger themselves. Um, Because what we bring over um, is sometimes more than, yeah, they can handle. So how are we going to do that and how we can still provide that, that first step down the customer journey, allow them to see that demo 
uh, and maybe further qualify some people. So, um, so that's kind of where we, you know, work with companies and work with those people to kind of, you know, make sure that you're giving them all eye contact. Just don't lock into one and ignore the rest. Right. So there's things like that that can happen. There's a, there's a, there's art and science together in what you do. And I applaud you and, and all the folks that you've got working for you and with you on this. It's a, it's a pleasure to watch. It's a pleasure to be a part of. I will happily employ your team at, at future events. I, I hope to see you know, more opportunities to work together uh, here and wherever I go, you know, beyond. we got a lot of years left in us, Anders. I think we're, yeah. we'll find each other at many a show floor in, in, the, in the coming years. Sounds so, good. Before we finish up, let's just reintroduce folks. So, Anders, where do they find you? And uh, as, a, as, a, as a Frenchman, I was happy to say Boulanger. It's very yes. seldom that you get a proper one. I, yeah. I, it's often uh, Bollinger, right? It's <laughs> often uh, all kinds of things. I have, I have a Scandinavian first name and a French last name. So, I'm, I'm sometimes, you know, Andres Boulanger or, you know, Andrew quite a combo, yeah. So, yeah, but thank you. You did a great job of that. Uh, yeah, you can find us at The Infotainers. So, T-H-E-I-N-F-O-T-A-I-N-E-R-S.com. And, uh, yeah, you can find and it's We're uh, uh, The Underscore Infotainers at, um, on Twitter. And, um, yeah, you can find us there and reach out. We'd love to. Uh, and definitely go check out that uh, Trade Show Traffic Secrets if you want. Um, we also have a great blog, uh, lots of content about trade shows, uh, presenting, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Vendors, even if you're not going to this level yet, understand why it's important and understand what it's what it what the value is. Because you may be able to build a lot of that framework yourselves. So yes. Like, and and this is, you're not saying we're the only ones that can do this. You're saying we're going to do really great together with this. But by the way, here's the tips and tricks and techniques. Yeah, that that's right. Work. So it's yeah. uh, you know kudos on on sharing that. This is not proprietary. Just so happens to work a lot better when you use the right team. So. <laughs> Exactly. Awesome, Anders. Thanks again. This has been a blast. I look forward to seeing you again soon in future as show season kicks up here in, in 2019. There's bound to be plenty, plenty of plane travel for you and the team. So, mm -hmm. all right. And folks, again, you know, make sure you go to theinfotainers.com. If you're at any trade show, pretty much walk around wherever you see a crowd gathering. Inevitably, Anders and, and his group are there doing their magic. And I mean magic in the sense that creating an experience, not uh, there happens to be actual literal magic going on at the same time sometimes but uh and it's it's just a it's a beautiful interaction it's a pleasure to watch thanks sir you're listening to today's cool Palsy podcast